0: Glory to God. God is moving around the world. I look far beyond my circle of influence and my circle of people that I know. I look at what God is doing globally. And what God is doing globally is absolutely astounding. If you're waiting for the last day move of the Holy Spirit, you need to catch up with God. It's already here. Right now in China, where the church is being, the persecution is heavy upon the Church of Jesus Christ in China. But right now in China, uh, there it is estimated, a conservative estimate, that twenty thousand people per day are coming to know Christ as their Savior. Twenty thousand—that is a move of a sovereign God by His Holy Spirit in that nation. In South America churches are growing from 50 to 5,000 in a two year period so many people coming to Jesus that the born again rate in South America that's Argentina Brazil all of those huge countries that the the born again rate has exceeded the natural birth rate there are more people coming into God's kingdom and being born again than they are born uh, of, of women in in all of South America God is moving around the world the church in Russia is thriving it is still under pressure but it is still doing the work of the kingdom in godless atheistic china godless atheistic russia the holy spirit is moving in fact atheism has created a vacuum that God is filling all of those hungry people that had no hope have found hope in Jesus Christ. And is spreading like wildfire around the world. It may not be touching you today because you are not in that position to understand what God is saying and what the Lord is doing by His Spirit. You may be caught up in your little... Limited world. You may be glued to the politicians and the pundits, and you may be listening to the news broadcasters, and you may be seeing all of the negative things that are occurring in your personal life in this nation and around the world. And if you are, I guarantee you your light is under a bushel because you're going to be as cast down, beat down, toe up from the flow up as the world is. Can you say Amen. And how can we tell them about a Christ that gives such hope if we're in the same condition they are? So Satan wants to keep you focused on everything that's wrong with the church, everything that's wrong in your family, everything that's wrong in your job, everything is wrong in your friends, everything is wrong in the world. And we need to see things differently. We need to see them in the, through the lens of the soon coming of Jesus. Everybody say the soon coming of Jesus. Jesus talked about all the negative things in the last days. And He said, when you see these things, begin to come to pass. What is it? When in fear, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. No, that's not what He said, is it? Go to your room, sit in the gloom, and ponder doom. That is not what our Master told us. He said, when you see these things, That would mark the time of the end. They're negative. Perilous times. When you see that. When you experience it. When you look around and you see it. Lift up your head. Because if you don't lift up your head. You're going to stay cast down. And cast down people. Nobody's going to ask you for the reason of the hope that's in you. Because they don't see any evidence of a hope within you. This has to be tangible, viable. This can't be something that you've got in your heart. This is something that has to show forth in your life. I remember, I'm glad I was bivocational for 12 years of the 43. Because it let me go out in your world. Not just clergy world. Where I could be cloistered in my office, studying the Bible and praying. And not get out there and interact with all the negativity that you're going to get out in the public arena. So it did me good, and it did people good, because I was able to to see God move in people just by loving Jesus. Coming in on Monday morning, not hungover. Like 70% of the people that work there come in with a hangover. Not only did they have a hangover physically, but they had shame for what they did when they got drunk. Wondering if they were going to get caught. So good to come in with a clear conscience after a Sunday of worshiping God and come in thanking God for health and thanking God for the job and thanking God for, for everything He'd done in my life and, and to come in with the with with the joy of Jesus on the inside of me. And I'm gonna tell I didn't have to say anything, I didn't have to give a tract out. Did you know what the Bible said about you and I when we get it right? It said you're living epistles. You're a walking tract for Christ. You're going to attract people to him, or you're going to cause people to doubt him by the way we live our life. And no wonder the devil suppresses us, because we are the light, and we are the salt. Amen? We're not just here to make people thirsty uh, or to season uh, the, 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 uh, their life in some way. The, 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 the greatest work of salt was to preserve meat from putrefying because they had no refrigeration. But they would salt it. I don't know if you've ever been to Virginia, West Virginia, up in the mountains. If you want something you don't have to put salt on, get some of that breakfast ham. Can you say, man, that they have they have put in a smokehouse and they've salted it? You don't need no salt. You probably put it on anyway because you love that salt, but you don't need no salt on that ham. They call it Virginia ham. Amen. Anybody had any? Oh, y'all are cardling out. I see just thinking about big slab of Virginia ham and two eggs sunny side up and some bacon just for good measure. Can you say, man, aren't you glad God sanctified all the food, so we can. it may not be good for us, but we can, we, can, we can eat it if we choose to. Amen. God is good today. Wouldn't it be great to have the joy of the Lord back? Wouldn't it be great to be so in love with Jesus, we just keep falling in love with Him over and over and over and over again? I performed a wedding. I remember in the midst of that wedding, saying, and I say it at many weddings, that the secret to a happy, committed marriage is falling in love many times, but always with the same person. Can you say "Man, We used to sing, I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Over and over and over again. And if we don't fall in love with Him over and over and over again, then we don't have that longing for Him. We have a longing for peace without the Prince of Peace. We have the longing for power without the source of power. We have a longing for prosperity without the one that without Him, nothing in the material world means anything. We need a healthy, holy longing for Him. That's why David said, one thing have I desired. One thing have I desired. That will I seek after that I may inquire at thy temple and behold thy beauty. He couldn't go behind the veil. He couldn't do that, but he, he knew there is one behind that veil whom I love and who loves me. And the only way he could determine that kind of love was the fact that, that the way God reacted to him when he called upon him. Historically, he, he, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. We got, we got such a, an upgrade in the new covenant. The love of God is not just shown in the way he reacts to us. But it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. They didn't have the cross. To look upon. To melt the heart. But he knew God loved them, And he said I love the Lord. Because he hears my Cry. I love the Lord because He hears my voice. I love the Lord because He hears my prayer. The actual Hebrew said He inclines His ear to me. That's the way it's translated in your Bible in the Old Testament. But the, the, the connotation of that in the practical sense is He bends down and listens when I pray. What a revelation of God and His love and His availability, His accessibility. Even though His earthly presence was behind that veil, He said, when I pray, God answers. And He listens. The great issue of prayer is not how much faith you have in your prayer, but whether or not God is listening. Whether God hears you. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears... Or open to what? To your cry. And when God came through for David, David said, He's he's loving me by answering me. He's loving me by helping me. He's expressing His love by His acts. Amen. And I'm going to love Him back. I love the Lord because He hears. How do you know He hears? Because He answers. This is the confidence that we have in Him if we ask anything according to His will he heareth us uh-huh. hallelujah he's listening amen we're told in the lord's prayer which is really a pattern prayer for us thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven yeah. it's amazing when the first love is burning you want his will more than you want his w- your way when the first love isn't burning you want your way but when the first love is burning you want your will because pleasing Him pleases you. The Bible said delight yourself in the Lord. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that incredible? Delight yourself in the Lord. The Hebrew word for delight is a wonderful word. It means to be soft and pliable. I thought it was to jump around. Have a, have a Pentecostal hissy on Sunday morning so you give me that Mercedes on Monday, <laughs> delight yourself in the Lord. I always think of my son. I got one son that's will be fifty-two in, in uh, I know I don't look that old. Go ahead and say it. No, don't say it. That's okay. Not, don't that's my vanity. Amen. I got one son will be fifty-two in December. I got one son that's forty-two right now, and the younger son in particular, Matthew. There used to be There used to be, what was the name of it? It wasn't Zare. It, wasn't K- it was Zare. Z- Zare. There was a Zare store in Sulphur Springs. And we would go in the Zare store to get light bulbs for the church or whatever. And we'd go, we'd go in. And my son, I could feel him. The toy department was on a particular side. And you know, I could feel him leaning toward the toy department. and And I knew what was on his mind. And then he would delight himself in his daddy this way. You're such a good daddy. I love you, daddy. And he's leaning toward the toy department. I love you, daddy. You're such a good daddy. I love you, daddy. You're such a good daddy trying to pull me to the toy department. That's not the delight we're talking. We're talking about something genuine, not something with an ulterior motive. And I would tell him, it's not payday yet. I don't have any money, son. And he would say, well, write a check. (laughs) In his little mind, you don't need money. Just write checks. (laughs) Just write a check. Get me my toy. Delight yourself in the Lord. To be soft and to be pliable is to want His will more than your way. Everybody say, to want His will more than my way. Hallelujah. When when we fall in love with somebody, some of the arguments Pamela and I used to have is where we were going to eat out. We're going to go out Friday. We're going to eat out. We first got married. I wanted to please my wife. I wanted to eat where she wanted to eat. And, and, and so I would say, well, wherever you want to eat. Well, she wanted to please me. And she said, well, wherever you want to eat. I said, well, I want to eat where you want to eat. She said, well, I want to eat where you want to eat. And it was on, <laughs> hallelujah, until one of us decided to say where we wanted to eat so the other one could, 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 could concur with it. Love, it. Love is strange. <laughs> Love makes you do crazy things. I lived in Sefner. My wife lived way out on the, where you almost get to the end of the city limits of, of southeast Brandon. I lived in Sefner, Mango area I, in fact i lived beyond septor mango i lived over on us 92 at, at uh, where the cracker barrel is now uh, near the interstate that's where i lived <laughs> and i took the bus home in the evening and rode it home we were courting then rode it home to her house spent time with her till her daddy come home he didn't kick me out but i figured it's time for me to leave can you say man when he got home from work and, and I walked from that side of Brandon. And it would be dark when I got home. Way after dark when I... And I walked. And I didn't see it as a sacrifice. Because I got... I was spending time with someone I loved so much. I wanted to be with forever. So... And I, I drive that now. From where I lived to where she lived... And I said, "That you must be crazy. That's so long. Sometimes people stop and give me a ride. Sometimes I walk the whole distance. This is, this is miles, miles, miles. And I'd get, near, I'd get near Sefner and I'd cut through an orange grove in the dark. And sometimes I'd go through a spider web. And they had the big old black and white uh, yelling black spiders, and I feel a big something up there, and i I beat myself half to death trying to get the spider off of me. Amen. And and guess what I'd do the next day? I'd go right on back. First love, they think you're crazy. They think you're strange. I remember they ask at work. They ask me. They ask at work. Why don't he? Why don't he? Uh, why don't he take a promotion? He can make a a lot more money a lot more money. And, and there was a deacon of the church that they asked me to come. It was a Black Baptist church on Ball Street in Plant City. They run about eight or nine hundred people and, and he was a deacon at that church and I worked with him. I remember when I first went to work there, uh, somebody asked me a biblical question, and I tried to answer him. And there were a lot of phony Christians around there. And I remember this guy coming up, and he said, because they didn't trust nobody, they just looked at everybody with suspicion." And, and he come up, and he said, I know this man. He's the real deal. And I thought, boy, that's exactly what I want to be. I want to be the real deal for Jesus Christ. I don't want to just preach something from the pulpit that I can't live out in my daily life. I'm not perfect, and hate to burst your bubble, but you're not evil either. And you're not evil either. Can you say amen? But God loves you with a perfect love. And He will work in your life if you will just let Him. And you will draw more people to Him by loving Him. And serving Him out of love. Because it brings a passion and an enthusiasm. Whatever you do... Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Why? Because people won't care. People won't reward you for it. People will, uh, uh, they'll take advantage of your good, good nature and your good heart. But if you do it as unto the Lord, the Bible said He is going to reward you. And one of the rewards He gives you is the joy of serving Him. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I used to outwork young men, and I, 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 I enjoyed showing them up. I, I'll tell you, me and old school here, we, we, <laughs> we, we enjoyed showing up young men. You know why? Because they could do it because of their youth. But when you have the joy of Jesus, there's a strength that comes. Love brings joy. Everybody say the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. It is not about the Holy Spirit just giving you some big boost. It's the context of coming back to God. And in particular back in fellowship with God. And it's in that relationship of God loving His people. And His people loving Him back by serving Him. That the joy of the Lord was actually able to give them the strength to stand up under all the persecution, all of the things that came against them. So many people in church have lost the joy of the Lord because they've lost the relationship with Him that produces joy. When you first got married, you had joy. Before you got married, it looked like a two-headed creature. One of you would be driving, the other would be sitting right up next to the one driving. Look like the one driving had two heads, you're sitting so close. But as time goes on. Not not just in marriage. I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about your spiritual relationships as time goes on. People begin to grow apart. They have love, they lay down their life for one another, but it's not love expressed as the first love was. The first everything's taken for granted. Just taken for granted. I would strongly suggest that someday you grab the vacuum cleaner for no reason. Just vacuum the floor without being asked as an expression of love. My wife told me the other night, she said, Leave them dishes alone. And I washed them anyway. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> normally you don't have to tell me to leave no dishes alone. <laughs> Stack them up, let them soak, it'll be easier in the morning. Amen. <laughs> well, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that, Pastor? Because, listen, we got, we got 43 years invested in our marriage. And I'm beginning to get down. We're, we, we were talking last night, we're getting in the last lap of this thing. 53, oh, 43 in the church. Pastor, 53 years of marriage. I know I don't look that old. I know it shocks you. Amen. What? What? Listen, because we keep falling in love again. Over and over and over and over. You say, oh, that's mushy stuff. That's mushy stuff. It's not mushy stuff. The Apostle Paul said, I, I, I want to show you a mystery. He said, First, I'm going to talk about husbands and their love for their wife when it's the way it's supposed to be. Husbands loved your wife. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. And wives, submit yourself unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean a divine, some kind of dictatorship in the home. It means a partnership. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Of love and respect. And he said, For no man ever hated his own body, but he nourisheth it and he cherishes. Everybody say he cherishes. cherishes. My grandmother had some things that were given to her that had sentimental value. They didn't have any real physical, material value, they had sentimental value. Down through the years she'd kept them, she was 105 when she went home and, and she called them whatnots. These are whatnots. Things she set on a little shelf, a little dog and 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 uh, you know, little something that she cherished, she cherished, she took wanted to take care of and keep in a in a in a place of honor where she could look on it and and just find joy in it. She cherished it. Amen. Did you know God cherishes you? No man ever hated his own body but nourisheth it. Everybody say, tell me about it. We nourish it, don't we? We take care of it. And we cherish it. If I hit my thumb and tear my thumbnail half off and blood spurts everywhere, amen, I could fix that myself. But I'd rather Pamela do it. I want her pity, not just her Band-Aid. I want her to say, oh, honey, oh, honey. I don't know, there's something about old honey that... That, that helps it when it's hurting. Can you say, man? So I take my, I don't even wipe the blood off. I, I'm dripping blood on the floor because I wanted to see how bad it's bleeding. <laughs> I want me some sympathy. <laughs> amen. And then we'll put the band aid on it and stop the bleeding, but I want somebody to say, I care that you're hurting. I care that you're hurting. I cherish you. I don't want you to be hurt. God cherishes you. There's a scripture in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7, and it says, (laughs) It says, The Lord knoweth them that are His. Hallelujah. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And that word knoweth is not just knowledge of you. It is the actual Hebrew word. He cherishes them that belong to Him. Amen. The prophecy today was a quote of Scripture earlier in the service. To ancient Israel, He said, Thou shalt be dandled upon my knee, and I will rejoice over you with singing. Us singing to God is a wonderful thing, but the thought of God singing over us because He loves us. That God would sing over us. That there's a song service in heaven and God is singing over His children. God is singing over His people. You see, the practice of religion is a, can become a dead dogmatic and we need good dogma. One preacher said, "He said, he said, I, I, I'm not going to be very dogmatic this morning. And people's faces dropped because they wanted him to tell the truth and defend the truth." he said, I'm going to be bulldogmatic. Can you say man Hallelujah. But it's got to go beyond dogma. If we sit spend our time in, 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 in congregational arguments uh, dissecting dead dogma. Because the word on the page is logos. It doesn't have life until it becomes rhema. Hallelujah. But when it becomes rhema and revelation, it gets off the page and past your head and into your heart. Can you say man, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you don't read the Bible so you can win an argument. You read the Bible so you can know a person better. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You can't just read anywhere in the book and magically, supernaturally, faith comes forth. The Bible is a book about a person. From Genesis to Revelation, there's a scarlet thread that runs. A sacrificial system is established, hallelujah, culminating in Christ on the cross. You think people don't comprehend these things? There's a lot of people that have known it in your head for years, but it hasn't got in your heart yet. So life is just batting us around. Life is just battling us around. Every wave that comes in, every wave that comes in, I don't know. I get up in the morning now, I don't want to see the news first. I used to go online and see what's happening. Before I go online, I want to talk to God. I don't want to return a call till I talk to God. I don't want to really talk to people till I talk to God. Amen. Amen. I don't. I don't. I, re, I don't. I don't. Why? Because if I don't acknowledge Him first, all these other things are going to clutter my mind. They're going to crowd in. I'm going to tell you this is a this is a, a, a negative world that we're living in, and people are negative. People aren't happy. They get drunk on the weekend. They come in with a hangover. Oh, the joy of the honky tonk life. Lady in Tampa, Florida, bartender, making buku money because you have to have expertise to mix all the different drinks in a club. Quits her job, walks away. Throws away all the money and and working in an atmosphere that it's a party every night. And this was not a preacher, it's not in the religious section. This was just in, in the Tampa Tribune some years ago. And so the Tribune got interested in why this woman just did that. And they came down and interviewed her and said, Why'd you quit such a great job? You're in a party atmosphere. Every night the music is playing, people are laughing and loud, and they're having fun. She said, I can't take the negativity. It's so depressing to see the same lonely people come through that door on the weekend. Looking to hook up with somebody for a one night stand and then watch those same lonely people come back next week and have to get drunk to smile. When they come in the door, they're not smiling. When they come in the door, they, they, they still have their guard up. Or they haven't got their guard up yet. They're, they're not projecting a persona. When they come in the door, they're their true self. And this is no party. And people are not having fun. People are looking for peace and fulfillment. And they can't find it at the party. And they can't find it in the rum. And they can't find it in the alcohol. Can you say amen? And we're supposed to show them there's something better. We know where it is. We know... We know where the joy comes from. We know where the real peace is. We know what real fulfillment is. And if it isn't in Jesus Christ, and if we can't find it in a relationship with Him, then the world looks at us spouting Scripture and giving out tracts. And since we're living epistles, they read us. As one man said, your life is talking so loud. I can't hear a word you're saying. Have you ever known someone that could quote Scripture, but they didn't live the life? Jesus said, here's what's happening with your life. My life. You gather with me. You help me to bring people in by the life you live, or you scatter by the life you live. There's no neutral. That's why God hates lukewarmness so much. Amen? Amen? He said, what makes me sick is to have a form of godliness denied deny the power of it. What makes him sick is lukewarmness. Amen. Church of Laodicea had all the wealth that you could possibly imagine. They had all the material blessings you could accumulate. In fact, their testimony was, I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I don't need nothing. And when Jesus came and knocked on the door of the church of Laodicea with a message of repentance... They wouldn't let him in because they got in it for the material gain. Judas followed Jesus for the money. And since he followed him three years and didn't get rich following him, he was willing to sell him for something. 30 stinking pieces of silver. And the same devil that tempted him to sell out Jesus turned on him when he did. Amen? And pointed his finger at him and said, look what you've done. And in the guilt of that sin, he went out somewhere where a limb from a tree, obviously, was hanging over a deep pres- precipice. He, he sh- swung himself out. And the limb obviously broke. And when he hit the ground, his bowels gushed out from the height. Peter failed Jesus. But Jesus loved Peter in spite of his failure, And he gave Judas the same love and opportunity to repent. At the supper, he said, To whom I give this sop, he it is that's going to betray me. You know what? The first, the the master of the feast to honor the most honored guest gave him the, the first sop. What he would do? He would take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice... Of the, of the lamb or whatever they were having. Dip it in the juice and hand it to the most honored guest. And he said to whom I give this sop. When the meal started. He it is that shall betray me. Judas was beloved of God. And he could have found forgiveness. But he didn't seek it. Can you say man he did not seek it. God loved him honored him, gave him the opportunity to repent, and he refused to do it. Amen. There are people in here that God loves. God is honoring this morning. He's given you an opportunity to repent and do your first works. He don't want you going out of here condemned. He wants you going out of here confirmed as a child of God. He wants you to love him back for loving you like he loves you today. Hallelujah and to loving with some degree of joy in serving Him. Hallelujah. Christians are—I don't—I don't know. It's, the salt has lost its savor. Not only that, Vance Habner said the pep has lost the pepper has lost its pep. Amen. And to his congregation, he said, "I've seen happier faces on iodine bottles. How many are old enough to remember iodine bottles?" What kind of face is on there? Skull and crossbone. It's poison. It's poison. Amen? Death is in that bottle. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The eyes of Him who is joyful. The eyes of Him. That means your countenance. The eyes of Him who is joyful rejoices the heart of others. But if you're not joyful today, the world is seeing a church... Out of sync with God. That's not in a relationship with Him that is satisfying and fulfilling. And we're trying to tell the world they need Jesus. And the world is looking back at a church out of sync with God saying, What do I need? What you have for. I've got trouble. I've got anxiety. I've got fear. I've got debt. I've got betrayal in my marriage. I've got trouble on my job. I've got all of these things and I show it. And that's why I drink. And that's why I shoot up. And that's why I toke up. God wants to raise up a church that shows them that serving God is the greatest life in all of this world. That he can give you the living water he promised. That he is the bread of life. Godliness with what? Contentment is the true riches or great gain. So many discontent people. So many people that can't smile on on Monday morning. So many people that find it difficult to worship because they've lost that love for the Lord. Oh, they can quote scripture all day long, but they can't worship. And if you can't worship, then it's just the letter that you have. And you need more than the letter. You need the love. And without the love, here's what happens. At Laodicea, and I believe if you go through the church ages prophetically, uh, some prophecy teachers believe we're in that particular church age, and I believe you can validate that for this reason. Because materialism is the goal now that people are being inspired by to become Christian, to follow Christ in any level, to believe Him, to build your faith. Material possessions has taken the place of the cross. Deny yourself is not the prerequisite for following Jesus. Taking up your cross is not the prerequisite. But getting a Bentley is. Getting a Mercedes is. Getting a Rolex is. And that has happened, and it's happening. And it's drawing crowds like you would not believe. One church that preaches that particular message draws 30,000 people every Sunday in the physical building. Not to mention the tens of thousands that listen by television. One preacher with a mega church preaching that particular message. What's in it for me? That's where... That message... He was asked by another preacher, why is it that you never preach on sin? You never mention sin as if it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't need to be dealt with anymore. And he said, and I'm going to quote him, it's not sexy enough for our congregation. I'm not talking about sensuality in that sense of sex, but what he's saying is we're we're beyond the cross, we're beyond dealing with sin, we're beyond repentance. We're coming here to hear a message, a feel good message. So everybody goes home feeling good. Seeker friendly. What what do you need? What God just lives to give you everything your heart could desire. Delighting in Him doesn't mean just getting what you want. Delighting in Him means bowing to His will. Thy kingdom come. Aren't you glad in the garden that Jesus wasn't thinking of Himself, but He was thinking of you and me? Aren't you glad for His prayer in the garden? And don't you believe if Jesus prayed it, it's okay for us to pray it? In fact, it's our pattern for prayer. Hallelujah. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. Can you say amen? It's exactly why God exalted Jesus. Because he served his father out of love. And the Bible said that though he thought it not robbery, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, the Lord, who thought it not robbery to be called who he in fact was, equal with God. But he made of himself no reputation, but took on him, but humbled himself. Boy, I've seen people come out of Bible college. I've seen people get the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I've seen people get a couple of the gifts of the Spirit and suddenly begin to build themselves as, as God's men and women of faith and power. It's hard to find a pastor anymore. Everybody's a prophet, a prophetess, an apostle. Come on, it's hard to find a shepherd. Just a shepherd. Somebody God called to shepherd the sheep. Amen. It is. I'm part of all pro-pastors. I meet with three pastors for prayer and breakfast every Tuesday morning. Been doing that for five years in county. And I go to places where 100 pastors are gathered or 60 pastors are gathered. And One pastor in one of these places identified himself as an apostle. And I thought, okay, I understand apostleship. I know what it means. It doesn't mean what people have made it into. It means sent one in the Hebrew. Someone that God personally appeared to, personally called, and personally sent. Doesn't mean someone that just got up and went. Amen. Amen. Amen, <laughs> yeah. And came into our church, said, I'm an apostle. And he, I didn't react. I just looked at him like, so? So he got his business card. That's convincing. And sure enough, said apostle so and so on. it. And I thought, that's what Jesus commended the church at Ephesus for. Thou hast tried them that said they were apostles and were not and found them to be liars. There's a lot of liars out there calling themselves preachers and prophets. Amen. And being a pastor, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This guy that this guy that we that that we ate in the same room with decided he couldn't see these these guys can't come under any kind of authority. They're going to be the authority. They made one man a king, wrapped him and gave him a scepter. He's a pastor for heaven's sakes. Jeremiah three fifteen. I will give you shepherds after my own heart. And they'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. Can you say man? Feed the flock of God over whom the Holy Ghost has... It didn't say fleece the flock of God. It said feed the flock of God with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Amen. I love what you put online. We read what you put online. You better watch what you put online. Amen. (laughs) My wife said that it was your birthday last week. And you know what she put online? She said, I got my soul fed on Sunday morning." That makes me feel good. Somebody ate it. Can you say, man, how low, thy words were found, I did eat them. Glory to God. And they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Amen. And then she said, and I ate, I ate got my belly filled. I got my soul fed and got my belly filled because I ate my birthday cake. Two of them, I understand. One. Wow. Only one. Three. Three birthday cakes. I'll say you got your belly filled. Hallelujah. Amen. But before she got her belly filled, she got her soul filled. My soul was fed. Hallelujah. Feed the flock of God over whom the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. If you get in the presence of a man of God, he's concerned about feeding you, not fleecing you. Can you say "Man, Hallelujah, hallelujah. He wants to see what God's called him to do, accomplish. And that is for strong men and women of faith to stand for Jesus, to take up their cross, deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Christ. If you're in it for the Rolex, guess who's going to get the Rolex. Come on, that $25,000 diamond-encrusted Rolex is going to the preacher you're sending your money to so that you can get a Rolex. But you ain't going to get it, son. You ain't going to get it. How do you know? Because you ain't got it. You've been sending that money for a long time. It's time to wise up. His kingdom is not meat and drink. It's not for self-indulgence, but it's righteousness. Hallelujah. It's peace like the world can't give. You can't buy it anywhere in any marketplace with all the money in the world. And it's joy. Woo! I don't have to make a radio broadcast till Tuesday. I'm going to use my voice this morning. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. Does that mean when the Holy Ghost hits you with joy like a cattle prod? No. It means that you're in a fellowship, relationship, a restored fellowship, relationship with God and there's joy in it. Hallelujah. 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 If you go on a honeymoon and you want to go bowling and fishing, that ain't no honeymoon. When we got married, I knew one thing for sure. My wife didn't marry me for the money. We honeymooned in Sefner. What an exotic place. My uncle had an eight-wide trailer on a little piece of property on Pine Street. And that's where we went because we didn't have money to go nowhere else. I had to go to work. We got married on a Friday. I had to go to work on a Monday morning. (laughs) I had an ag garden, agricultural garden, that I had grown tomatoes for credit. I had grown green beans and green onions and potatoes. And we had potatoes, green beans, green onions, and tomatoes. What about the meat? Honey, there ain't no meat. But this was was pretty good eats, you know. And I had saved up enough money to go to Brandon to the Sip and Smack. You probably don't remember the Sip and Smack. No, you're not that old. Well, it's okay. I I remember it well. The Sip and Smack, burger stand. I ordered after we ate that little meal the next day. We're on our wedding. See, this is our wedding thing. And I ordered, I ordered two cheeseburgers and an order of fries to go. I'm going to come from Brandon Seffner. I had a '54 Pontiac straight eight. Boy, that thing was long. And I was looking good in that big old long car. (laughs) My wife is waiting for me at home. It's the second day of our marriage. Amen. We're on our honeymoon. We got cheeseburgers and french fries in each other. We don't need TV. We don't need cable. We don't need stereo. We didn't have a radio. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah! Praise God! And I, they brought the waitress brought out our to-go order, and I, I cranked up that Pontiac and give it a little bit of gas. Bang! And it threw a rod. It threw a rod, and oil come pouring out underneath. And I don't have no cell phone. And I spent all of my money on the cheeseburger. I don't have a quarter to call. My wife, and I couldn't call her anyway because we were spending our honeymoon in my uncle's trailer and it was 8 by 30. And I'm stuck in Brandon. I still don't remember how I got in touch with my dad and he brought a chain and hooked it to the Pontiac and pulled that old Pontiac to his house and then took me home. And And I remember the first night in that 8 wide trailer, my wife said, Honey, she waited as long as she could. She started looking in little bitty closets in that trailer. And I thought, what is she looking for? And finally she said, honey, where's the bathroom? And I went and got her a flashlight. <laughs> because he hadn't got plumbing yet in that trailer. But there was a house behind the house out back in the dark. <laughs> and she, she, I, said, I said, it's out there. She didn't say another word. She went to the, that was our honeymoon. That was the way we got started. And when God blesses me now, I don't have to have a Rolex. I got some I got some meat with my beans. Hallelujah. I got some cornbread. Hey man, I got some iced tea. Glory to God. Listen, the Lord been good to me. You can't entice me with the things of this world. It didn't bring me any peace. It didn't bring me any satisfaction. I can't sing along with. I can't get no satisfaction. Jesus satisfies the deepest longings of my soul. Can you say, man? It's not my religion. It's my relationship with the one who saved me. Glory to God who said I'll never leave you And I'll never forsake you I'll go with you every step of the way Even to the end of this age Hallelujah But I vowed back then I thought if there's any way I can bless this woman I want to bless this woman Because she stuck with me Through the hard times Praise God Amen We we finally rented us a little house We had a bowl of Campbell's tomato soup crackers and that was supper and we had we had the remember the Kool-Aid in the Kool-Aid mix you put some sugar in water and then you pour in the mix out of a bottle and mix up some Kool-Aid we're drinking that Kool-Aid we're sopping up the soup with a whole bunch of crackers and we're happy we didn't know how broke we were, poor we were, because we were in love with one another, and we were fulfilling one another in that love relationship, and it didn't take a whole lot of stuff. We needed more than we had, but it wouldn't have made us love any, each other anymore. I pitied the guy that some starlet married, that was, he's a billionaire, showed him on TV, looked like a dried-up old raisin, Well, he did. Truth will set you free. Amen. <laughs> and here's this beautiful, youthful, vibrant lady. And you know, and somebody asked her, well, you married him and he's, he's old enough to be your granddaddy. She said, he, she said, we're in love. And I thought, no, you ain't. No, you ain't. If he wasn't a billionaire, you wouldn't give him a second glance. Amen. You married him for what he's the material wealth, and you know he ain't long for this world and you know you're gonna get it. And everybody knows that, so you know, but, but the, <laughs> the old guy didn't care. You know, he had this pretty young thing, he didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care whether she loved him or not anymore. Amen. Trophy wife. Trophy wife. But when you find somebody who loves you for you. And when God finds somebody who loves Him for what He's done, He just wants to shower blessings on you. He just wants to bless you coming in and going out and everywhere in between. I told the hypothetical story, but it illustrates this in closing. And I think it's a beautiful story. Angels in heaven on Monday morning. Church is over. Sunday's gone. It's Monday now. And the angels in heaven are gathered together getting instructions from the Lord concerning His children down here. And they're looking down upon the earth and all of the crescendos of the choirs and the worship services and the hand clapping and the praise is over. Those sounds are not in heaven anymore. Kind of quiet. In fact, it's dead quiet. It's Monday now. We're in the real world. We're our real self. And there's a guy driving down there. They're looking over the ramparts of heaven. The angels are all looking. And he's saying, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus, so much. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. i just got to praise you today. i got to thank you today. Lord, you're so wonderful. I just love you, Lord. And God looks over and hears that. That's unique. You hear that on Monday. On Sunday, everybody's saying it. But here's a guy on Monday, still loving on God, thanking God. God looks over the ramparts, and he looks back at the angel says, Which one of you has charge of him? And the angel put his chest out said, He's mine. He says, Well, tell me something, angel. What does he want? Because if you're doing that, say, Delight Yourself. The way we think of it. Angel says, Oh Lord, he don't want anything. He just is grateful for all that you've given him in Christ and all that you've done for him. And the Lord says, Well, tell me something, Angel. What does he need? In other words, how can I bless him? Can you say man? Wouldn't it be great if Christians had a thankful heart? That on Monday, they say, get up and say, Lord, I just want to praise you. I want to thank you. Wouldn't it be great if we had a fellowship relationship with God that didn't just, we don't try to make happen on Sunday, but something that we carry through the week so that when we come in on Sunday, we are primed. We are primed. We are primed. Pastor, don't have to prime. You notice I'm not priming the pump. I'm just telling you what brings me joy in inviting you to the same waters that I'm drinking from. Hallelujah. I don't like to have to prime. Aren't you glad the old pump used to have to prime it? Amen. Start, start loving God again. Repent of your dead works and start loving Him again and serving Him out of love. Amen. The Holy Spirit will turn loose inside of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. A, a man... i, I got to close with this story. How many closings is this? This is the third or fourth. You usually have five or six, so we're we're trying to really do it this time. man crosses a field to take a shortcut. He's in the Midwest and these these cornfields and wheat fields just look like they go on for miles and he, he looks in the distance he wants a drink of water. He's getting thirsty, he, he got off the road, he'd been hitchhiking and he's cutting across the fields to to cut off a couple of miles if he's gonna have to walk anyway and he's thirsty and he looks in the distance just over a hill, and he sees a farmhouse and a man in the yard and the man is pumping. So he starts heading for there. He said, that man would give me a drink of water. Sure would like me a drink of water. I'd get up there. He's pumping water right now. Cool water. Refreshing water. He said, I got closer, and I got closer, and I got closer, and I thought, man, that well must be dry, or that man would give out because he's just pumping, 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 pumping. pumping. And he said, when I got right up on him, I saw that this was, an, this was a mechanical man made out of wood. And there was a stream running over a water wheel that was causing the man to pump. And he said, as I got closer, I realized the man wasn't pumping water. The water was pumping the man. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He said, I'll give you living water, and you will never thirst again. Can you say "Man, Hallelujah. Except for more of that same water. Hallelujah. God is so good today. God loves you today. God wants to change your life today. God don't want you sitting in a church practicing dead religion. God wants a relationship with you. Hallelujah. That is sat- satisfying. And be- listen, I didn't use the word sanctifying first. Because if you're satisfied, it won't be long till you'll be sanctified. Cleansed and set apart for a holy purpose. Why? Because when you're satisfied in Jesus, you won't be looking through compromise and sin for that that fulfills any longer. You'll find it all in Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. So here we are in the last of the last days. The last day harvest is taking place around the world. And the call of God to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, has never been stronger. And there are churches where that call will never be heard. Because they're preachers that are not true shepherds. And they don't care about your soul. They care about your attendance. They care about your check. They care about their own image. And they don't care that sin is a separator. What God told Israel goes for today. My ear, my hand is not short that it cannot save. That means to deliver from whatever you're facing. And my ear is not heavy. My ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But your sin has separated between you and your God. And when that issue is settled, he said, return to me and I will return to you. And it's time that the waters start animating our lives Praise God because this first love issue is so critical. He said, If you don't repent, do your first words. I will come to you quickly and I will remove your candlestick. That's why the anointing is gone in many churches. Conviction doesn't touch hearts anymore and repentance never occurs. We walk out. Just like we walked in. And the joy of Jesus is something if a pastor cares about it he's pumping trying to pump something into people that only a relationship with God can bring. Hallelujah. 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 And It feels so good brother Mike to have the joy of Jesus because without it I couldn't stand in a pulpit with all the negativity, not just in the world, but in the church world. Because most Christians are negative today. Because they've lost the first love. They've lost the first love. The joy of that fellowship relationship is gone. The honeymoon is over. And they're satisfied with that condition. God surely wants to change that today. Can you say amen? God surely wants to change that today. And when it's changed, we surrender to His Lordship. We deny ourselves and take up our cross with joy in our heart. We're glad to do anything that it takes to follow Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head? Let's ask for God to help us. To restore relationships today. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Paul said, I want to show you a mystery. I'm speaking of intimacy of a man and woman. That are deeply in love. I want to show you a mystery. How be it? I'm talking in the spiritual sense about Jesus and how it ought to be between you and Him. Hallelujah. 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 Will you stand with me? Let's worship for a moment before we close. How many want to get closer to God? This call of God is so strong. Come out from among them. Oh, he that is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Hallelujah. 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 The Spirit says, come. The bride says, come. And let he that heareth say, come. And whosoever will, let him come and drink of the river of life freely. Praise God.